Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea here with my lovely co-host, Ellison Wiest. Hello. Hello. This is our fourth annual summer reading podcast. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. I love these. <laughs> I do too. And so this is this is the third one that you and I are doing. I looked back into the historical archives and was reminded that Dimity and I did the first one. Right. And so it makes me realize how much our podcast has grown and matured because I think Dim and I only talked about two, maybe three books. Oh my goodness. And then the first year you and I, I think, talked about, I don't know five maybe at least yeah yeah so but it's uh and now as the stacks in front of us um show it's if if you're here in the room with us uh, you know that we're going to talk about more than that uh positive growth and you know e we had talked about skipping this episode because you do bring on wonderful book recommendations every time your co-host but then i just start hearing from people on social media they're like oh when's your summer reading podcast right. i'm like Oh, we've set up expectations. Yes, yes, it went good because I would have been sorely disappointed. <laughs> right, right. It was a little bit like having summer reading, though, like in high school, like when you know when you had to read, you know, the Odyssey or something before you got back to twelfth grade. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I had to read before freshman year at Colgate. We had to oh read the goodness. Odyssey. I, mean, I think we were a Peter DeFries book, the title of which escapes me. Oh, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know that author. Yeah, he's a Southerner. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Wake Forest, baby. <laughs> so, but before we start talking about books, um, you have been doing some running based on heart rate, haven't you? I have, I have. Uh, my goal had been to start the first wave of the heart rate training, but I got uh, felled, and I do mean felled by whooping cough. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, uh, check your vaccination schedules, your booster schedules. But um, so I was down. Yeah, their own personal booster schedules. That's yes, what you were theirs. telling me about. Yeah, yeah, that's the other. That's the thing that got me was that it took them so long to diagnose. They were certain that I had had my TPD booster. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, um, it had been 12 years. But anyway, it's nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you were telling me just a couple minutes ago, when we were taking pictures of the books, you were like, Oh, I couldn't even read when I was doing it. And I was like, what? Right. That's right. like saying you can't even breathe. That's babe. exactly right. I mean, I was the, the Chinese call it the 100 day old cough. I was fortunate instead of 14 weeks, I was only down for about 10 or 11. So uh, but the good news is, um, this time, instead of recovering stupid like I have in the past, <laughs> I'm recovering smart, uh-huh. um, doing the heart rate training now because of my age and because I'm recovering from this. Um, I'm keeping mine below 130, 132. Oh, uh-huh. And it's been fantastic. I'm now up to running uh, an hour uh, without having to stop, mm-hmm. you know, so that's... Uh, the runs, I mean, it's it's humbling, again, like we've talked about before, but I can definitely tell that I'm recovering uh, smart this time. And how long has it been since you've been back to running after having whooping cough? Three weeks. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. and what were you were like 20 minutes at first or what were you? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I was trying to achieve 20 minutes without having to stop and walk mm-hmm. uh, to give you some sort of basis. Um, in the middle of this, I thought, oh, I can at least go out and walk a little. And I went out and walked. And after 15 minutes, my heart rate was around 165. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Well, and you live in a flat neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, my husband was looking at me like, you know, who am I walking with? You know, uh, you know Granny from. Or you were thinking about George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in my case, it would be somebody else. But uh, anyway. Who would it be? Who I'm would not be? going to. I'm not divulging that. My husband could be listening. <laughs> Marriage could be on the line here. Um, but anyway, I think. Um, doing the heart rate training has been such a good move. And uh-huh. I think it's really helping my recovery. But Great. now I want to ask about you. What's uh-huh. this I hear about you going coachless? I'm going coachless. It sounds like I'm not wearing a bra or something <laughs> That's what when I, I was run. going to say. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> I'm not wearing shorts under my skirt. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, no, I've actually left sh- uh, skirts in the dust. I know. You I'm, have? I do. I'm, Even skirts you have? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I wear skirts like in my regular life. I wore right. a skirt last night out to dinner. But uh, no, in running, I am a shorts or capri girl only. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, I know you're looking at me like, I didn't know and I thought I knew you, you, Sarah. I think I may have to get up and leave now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, so yes, yeah, so I had had a, uh, my coach Bree since January, since I started training for Boston, and I just love her with all my heart and really feel a very street, strong bond with her. And, you know, I just trust her completely. And she got me to Boston in very, very fine shape and on a, um, you know, blend of drills and strength training and smart miles. And, you know, I um, didn't didn't overtrain for that race and then kept her on to do a 20 miler with my friend Will, who was right. for his first marathon, right. which is so much fun. Because and the reason I kept her on for that, in part, because I wasn't ready to let go of her for as my coach, and also because that was only I think maybe five or six six weeks after maybe five weeks after Boston. So it was you know kind of how to recover and then ramp back up to be able to do a 20 mile training run. And then she just she had kind of dropped a little hints along the way, like Sarah, you're getting so much faster. Oh, you're getting so much faster. You know, you really ought to test it out. See what you can do. Finally, I'm like. Okay, I get it. I get it. I'll do a race. So did that 10K. Right. And did well. Won your age group, right? Won my age group. Yeah. And 38th overall. I was, Fantastic. Yeah. It was, and it was a co-ed race, I'd like to point out. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, uh, yes. And so, you know, debated maybe doing a race that I, I missed my time goal by four seconds and and looked around for races that maybe would um, timing-wise work out with my family travel schedule and the retreat and all those things. And I found a couple, but uh, none of them made my heart sing. Mm -hmm. So I really realized the, the reason I was keeping um, Brian is just because I just love her so much. And I just love (laughs) have, I do love having someone tell me what to do, but I also just love feeling like she is always there with me. Right. And um, so I know she's, I know she's with me. I know she is, um, uh, very, uh, she's such a caring, empathetic person. I know she, you know, will um, check in on me occasionally to see how I'm doing. But also, she, she's doing Kona. She's doing Ironman Kona. Oh my word! Yes. So yes. So Bree's doing Kona, Ironman Kona in October, and so wow. so I just, 
you know, I mean, I realized, um, well, she has a full-time job. Coaching's not her full-time job. So I was like, you know what? I think, I think Brie could do with one less client right now as well. So the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> I'm just such a wonderful person. <laughs> Altruistic. Oh. <laughs> um, so it does feel a little odd to go out and just think, oh, I can just do whatever I want. So yesterday, um, I know I'm going to be doing a lot of running. I'm going to Connecticut uh, with the kids tonight as we record this on Wednesday, flying on a red eye that doesn't leave until 12.37 a.m. Oh, Hello. my goodness. <laughs> with, with a teenager and two preteens. Yes. Um, and so um, so I know I'll be doing some running out in Connecticut. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I don't want to do just running here. So I was like, hey, Molly, let's go to the gym and we'll do one of the strength circuits that Bree had shown, you know, like outlined for me before. So did that, didn't do it the three times she would have me do it, only did it twice. But then today was finishing up an hour long run. I was like, you know, I really should do some strides at the end of it. So yeah. even without anyone, you know, looking over my shoulder, I did 800 meter strides. Excellent. And I was cool because then it really dropped my overall pace of the run down. Because, right. You know, so it's kind of cheating a little right. bit. Yeah. But um, no, but it was fun. It was fun. So Good. yeah, so I just am going to wait until a goal really speaks to me. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know when that'll be. Yeah. Well, you and me both. Yeah. Good. 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 We're just free range running. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) La-di-da. Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, E.E., before you reveal your first book suggestion, I wanted to say a few words about how we're going to be organizing this conversation. Because, as I said, we're talking about a lot of books, so I just don't want to be nilly-willy. Um, willy-nilly? Willy-nilly? Yeah. Well, you know, the new kid, 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 kids say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what all the kid, new kids say. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so, right. The old kids have no idea what we're th- <laughs> why we're saying that. So we're going to talk first about fiction, then suggest a few nonfiction options, then wrap up with a few older books our minds keep going back to, and gentle listener, don't fret about trying to remember the titles and authors of books. We'll have a list of hyperlinks to all the books on the blog post describing this episode on anothermotherrunner.com. Okay, Ellison, hit us up with your first summer reading suggestion. Modern Lovers by Emma Straub. Mm -hmm. Um, And you and I talked about how I have decided that she reminds me a lot of Laurie Colwin, who mm-hmm. is much beloved and much missed um, novelist, short storyist, also uh, essay on cooking. Um, this book in particular uh, is what I call literary chiclet. It's kind of escapism, but you don't feel bad you don't doing feel it. Feel a little dirty. That's exactly right. Right, your mind gets a uh, gets a little. Uh, uh, push but I really love spying on the characters in this novel it's essentially around three college friends uh, two of whom are now married Um, the the other one uh, is living with her her partner and uh, they're in they met in college but they're now living in Brooklyn in a very gentrified Brooklyn uh, living their own lives but there's always the ghost of this fourth uh, woman that they were with in in college huh. who um, became sort of a legendary rock singer folk singer 
and uh, but passed away in her late twenties. Oh. And um, so there's a there is a group from California that wants to make a movie of mm. her life. And they want to get sort of a go-ahead from uh, one of the women who actually wrote the song that put this rock star uh, out in front. And in the meantime, uh, each couple has a child. Um, One couple has a a boy and the other one has a girl. And their lives begin to intertwine. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got a lot of, uh, you know, kind of adult angst, teenage angst, uh, Mm -hmm. good writing, you know a lot about Brooklyn and are there flashbacks to their college years at all there are some flashbacks not a lot and I have to say that the way she handles them is is very is very good she does a good job of that Straub uh, has come a long way from this is her third novel and some people may remember her second one The Vacationers Um, but it's it's just again what I think of as um just sort of sharp writing, interesting. I think uh, fans of Curtis Sittenfield and Maria Semple mm-hmm. will enjoy it. And you were saying that, um, and you say that, you say that almost like simple. It's not simple. You're probably right. It is simple. Oh, Thank uh-huh. you. Pen, pin. Pen. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. My apologies. <laughs> so you, so um, Maria Semple is the author of uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, yes. which was a huge hit maybe two summers ago. Right. Yes. It was set in Seattle. And then it, you said that she has a new novel coming out in October. Called, she does. Called Today t- Will Be Different. Exactly. And exactly. I looked that up on Amazon. That looks very intriguing. It all just takes place in one day. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think um, I think she I don't think she's a one off. So I'm really excited uh, uh-huh. about reading this one. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, good. That sounds that's actually next on my reading list. Good. And I did not realize it was set in Brooklyn. So oh, yes. um, I my best friend lives in Brooklyn and I might actually be going into Brooklyn to see a friend of mine who's working there for the summer. So it'll you should be, tuck it under your arm. Right, you exactly. As through I the... look smart as I... Maybe you'll take away from the fact I'm totally dressed like an Oregonian right. instead of a chic right. New Yorker. Tourist, tourist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Country pumpkin, look, look. <laughs> so yeah, so that will be good. I'm bringing that out to Connecticut. So my first suggestion is The Girl in the Red Coat by Kate Hamer. And this debut novel by a Brit really grabbed me from the first page. Um, the chapters alternate perspective from the single mom and her gone missing daughter. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a mystery figuring out who kidnapped the girl as well as a well-crafted, um, has well-crafted pacing to move the story along as each life plays out. So that, um, you know, sometimes a chapter, you realize that two and a half, three years have gone by since you've last checked in on the mom. Oh. And so, yeah, I mean, I um, stayed up until almost midnight to finish it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, and I was working out the next day. And so it's something I haven't done in years. Yeah. So it made me curious. Do you I know you you go to bed perhaps even earlier than Dimity does. Yes. Um yes, which... I'm a reverse vampire, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so um do you ever stay up late to read? Uh l- lately, uh not. Uh-huh. Not I mean, if I stay up past 9.30, that's, you know, my husband comes in to make sure that, you know, why is the light still on, you right, know, right. Uh, before he comes up. But um, I think, I know that I did with The Passage. Uh, oh, okay, you and me uh, both. By Justin Cronin. And the one that I really recall is, this This is 
gosh, over 20 years ago is The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Oh, yeah. And I was had just started working for Pepsi, and I can recall just dragging myself into work a couple of days <laughs> because I really, I so desperately wanted to. See, I found that, you know, as much, so Donna Tartt is the um, author of The Goldfinch, right. the, you know, the novel that we recommended, I guess, was that, no, that was two years ago, even, I think. I think it was, yeah, that. it would have been two and years ago. that, I mean, that just, to me, is probably one of my top five Exa- novels. That's my, exactly with mine. Ever. Yes. And, but gosh, the secret history to me was so literally dark. It was. It was New England, winter, and just the mood was so dark in that novel. And I made the mis- I think I've told this story before, made the mistake of reading it on a Hawaiian vacation. Oh. So it was like, wait, it's dark. It's really sunny. It's dark. It's really sunny. <laughs> well, like, you know, here you have told me how much you enjoyed, um, Oh, the Cormac McCarthy, The Road. The road. Oh, and yeah, that, I'm afraid to read that. Oh, you've ne- have you never read no, that? No, because oh. I saw a snippet of the movie and it was the wrong snippet. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I mean, the, the Road is such an incredibly well-crafted uh, novel. I mean, and just, wow. Wow. I mean, and particularly as a mom, because, you know, there's a, um, a little boy in it. And, yes. Oh, my gosh. I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. Oh, so, you're really making me want to read it. <laughs> but I, lo- I love a book that makes me cry. I know. And I've heard, I mean, everybody, everybody that's read it, with one exception, has said to me, you know, they can't believe that I haven't read it. But I'm telling you, I saw this one part of the movie and it just scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I've never watched Schindler's List because I never, oh. I, I realize it's a fantastic movie and an important movie, but I'm never in the mood to be like, yeah, I think I'm going to cry for three hours you now. You will. And you uh, will. Yeah. And I'm afraid I might not stop crying. Um, that, uh, like, at, after the first time I saw Dr. Zhivago, I had to go and lay down and cry some more. Yeah. <laughs> Me with Wuthering Heights, the Wuthering Heights that came out in about 1970. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yes, The Road was another book that kept me up. But The Passage by Justin Cronin, I mean, you and I both adore that. That's oh, the wow. first book in a trilogy. I remember you saying that you and Jack were fighting over it. <laughs> <laughs> you had one copy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was rough. And, uh, but then, gosh, I could not get into the second one. No, no. You, you read the second one or no? No, I abandoned it after. I typically will give a book about 40 or 50 pages, and I don't even know if I got that far with it. Oh, my, yeah. So I couldn't. I, I think I got about 10 or 15 into that one. And then his most recent one came out just this spring. Yes. I believe. And yeah. I, you know, just didn't even go near it. So it's too bad because, I mean, I think the first. 200 pages of the passage are some of the best written brilliant fiction there mm-hmm. has been in decades yeah. and i'm i mean so i was reading it at breakfast at lunch <laughs> right after dinner <laughs> like whenever i could steal away and it's right. like oh yeah i think i'll have another cup of tea because that will extend breakfast a little longer yeah i had made the mistake of telling my neighbor that he could borrow my copy after i finished it and, and he began stalking me <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. And what's next on your list? Oh, a wonderful debut uh, by a woman named Yah Jesse. And we will put that up on the website so you can get the, uh, the exact uh, spelling. But it's called Homegoing, one word. Um, I was just totally blown away and impressed by this novel, uh, especially since the author's under 30. It's well-written historical fiction. Um, it can be tough in spots, but I think she handles um, some of the some of the violence and uh, the sadness very well. But essentially, it's about two twin sisters who are separated uh, at birth in 18th century Ghana, 
And what she does is she follows both lines, the descendants of both of these women. Uh, one line actually ends up staying in Ghana, but the other line uh, is forced into the slave trade. Uh, they are taken as slaves over to the United States. And so there's a very, very obviously different uh, experience that they have. But what she does is she alternates chapters with one descendant from each sister. Mm-hmm. And um, then it's not letting anything, well, you know, telling anything that, to say that in the end they actually come together. But I just found that I like historical fiction that makes me think, that has good characters, and... Um, I was like I said again. I just have to emphasize that I was thought this was an amazing debut. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be. Um, I think folks that like the writing of Toni Morrison, uh, Edward P. Jones, who wrote The Known World, and I actually think that folks that um, enjoy Ann Patchett's writing, there's something about the way she does characters that that made me think of Ann oh, Patchett. Wow. Huh? And it's not a not a super big book. I mean, it's not, it's no. a medium sized book, but I yeah, mean, when I, I when you describe that it's 18th century Ghana and that it moves forward by generations, I think, Oh, that's going to be 700 pages. No, uh-huh. no it's not overwhelming. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And that, that has gotten um, some play recently because of, that it touches on the topic of slavery. And it seems like there's several books these days that is touching on slavery. Yeah. There was a, um, review of uh, Colson Whitehead's book this morning, which made mention of it as well. His book is... Oh, made mention of Homegoing? Right. Oh, that's interesting because uh, a book we're going to talk about later, um, Underground Airlines, also mentioned her book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it needs to come out and shine on its own. So I'm glad you are casting the spotlight on it. Yes. So switching from from that to um, um, really pulpy, frothy book (laughs) (laughs) is uh, Truly Madly Guilty by Leanne Moriarty. And this is the perfect for a beach vacation. I mean, it just trips right along. Did you did you read this? I did not. Uh, okay. I think my daughter is is excited about reading it. I have, uh, I make borrow your copy. Okay, good. Okay, so um, so she's. I will admit she has written better uh, novels, um, especially the book that you first recommended to me, the Force Moriarty book you recommended to me, which was What Alice Forgot. Great book. Which is such a great, such a great book. Oh my gosh. Um, And, but, you know, the pages of Truly Madly Guilty, they they skip along as the author propels you to find out what happened at a backyard barbecue in suburban Sydney, Australia, when three disparate couples convene. Mm. And um, what I really love about all Leanne Moriarty novels is they all immediately plant you in the place. The tone is modern without being snarky or overly clever, and the relationships are believable for the most part and very well fleshed out. And um, I like it that her novels are current without being au courant. So mm. I feel it's kind of right for um, um, maybe a middle-aged mother runner such as myself. Oh. <laughs> because it's not, you know, it doesn't have all of these, I don't know, they don't talk about the latest social media and how the character's totally involved in it or something like that. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can relate to this. I can see, although, gosh, always her books are always set in suburban Sydney. And it just sounds so delightful it to does. have the sea there. <laughs> and they always describe the houses and the gardens in such oh. a way that I'm like, oh, I could see myself living. There, oh, yeah, I can feel the breeze up. on my yeah. skin. It's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, little fences with flowers exactly, behind. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, it it is. Um, 
a fun read. It, there's there's parts of it that drag a little, but it it was a book that I got through very quickly and and enjoyed for the most part. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I want to talk about a book that's really my tops on the list, which is Miss Jane by Brad Watson. Um, Watson has also written, I believe, two collections of short stories and one other novel, but this one is probably one of the most lush lyrical novels I've read in a long time. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a short, it's only probably a couple, well, it's over 200 pages, but um, the prose really befits the Southern writer that Watson is. He's from Mississippi. And there were sections of it that took me back to summers when I used to go to Mississippi. Mm. Um, there's a passage where he describes a couple of characters um, sitting out and splitting butterbean pods. And mm-hmm. I re- recall very vividly doing that with my grandmother and her sisters out. And we'd, you know, put lawn chairs out in the side yard. Nice. And uh, if I was very, very quiet, they would often forget that I was there. And gossip about other family members. <laughs> but this is loosely based um, on the author's great aunt, who was born with a genital abnormality in the early 20th century in oh. rural Mississippi. Oh. Um, but far from being um, sort of a, it's, it's, it's not a sensational novel. It's a very um, sort of smooth uh quiet novel with the characters are such that you can almost hear them in your mind you Mm -hmm. can picture them Mm -hmm. and um, some of the descriptions of the landscape and I am not typically I don't have a lot of patience with landscape descriptions oh that's interesting I don't I don't know why Uh, and he just at Watson handles it so well and essentially sort of knows when to stop and when to bring one of the characters back in Uh Um, and the character of Jane and then there also the character of her family doctor uh, who is with her when she's born and um, has such a phenomenal caring and gentle way of dealing with her abnormality and dealing with the changes that Jane goes through as she evolves into a young woman Uh Um, so I think this really is going to be um, a perfect read for somebody that enjoyed Mudbound by Hillary Jordan or The uh, The Well in the Mind by Jen Phillips. Um, Highly recommend. Yeah, you're making a strong case for it. I'm thinking I'm... Oh, uh, beautiful. I got a copy from the library and thought, no, no, I'm going to have to buy this. So I did. Wow, that's saying something. Snaps, yes. (laughs) So next up is the book I've already alluded to, Underground Airlines by Ben H. Winters. And it is alternative fiction which I am admittedly a huge fan of alternative yes, fiction. Are. And um, in this scenario, Lincoln was assassinated before the Emancipation Proclamation. Slavery now exists in four southern states. And it's about when a slave escapes, the book's lead character, Victor, is called in to capture that slave. Um, Victor is a bounty hunter and he's black. He's an unlikely protagonist with secrets of his own. And um, so I just found this so well written so well crafted and it's interesting that you say you don't like landscapes because there were times just a few short sentences where he would talk about the setting that victor was in and i could just completely see it you could feel 
the, you know, the rain, there's oftentimes rain in the situations, you know, you could feel it on your face, you could smell the cigarette he was smoking, you know, you could see yourself standing out there on that motel balcony that he was, would always talk to his handler on. Right. And the difference when he described uh, being back in one of the four states, uh, mm-hmm. the, the difference, he did do a great job of sort of uh, the atmosphere Oh, in those yes. places versus the atmosphere in the rest of the country. Yes, yes. And and what I love about um, Winters is that he really lets you fill in some his he makes brush strokes, but he lets you fill in some of the details. Like and he he leads you there so you see where you're going to get right before you get there. But he, but then when you finally do get there, you're like, "Oh, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Right. That, like Right. Um, and alternate you know, alternative fiction, the the problem that I have with some of it is that I can't imagine it. I, I find myself saying this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You never find yourself doing that with this book. Yeah. Uh, he totally lays out his case and immerses you in that world. Right, and has and doesn't ha mm-hmm. he has enough terms that you kinda have to figure out what they mean without overloading you, like um Peeb. Right. And um, Good point. so that's, yeah, a uh, person bound to labor. Yes. And um, thank you, New York Times, for refreshing my memory. There was a really good um, review review and write-up about it that I had saved until I was done with the book. And so I just reread it this morning. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, so that, and it just talks, so it doesn't lay it on thick, but you get a sense of how the structure works with having four states that do allow slavery and the free hands, isn't I believe that's what it's called, when it's, um, or clean hands. Yes, clean, clean hands. And that's a certification Kind of like the good housekeeping seal, almost, or non-GMO. Right. Know, oh, that's a better, says, better analogy. Right. Yes. So that, so that it, if you live in the North, if you live in one of these non-slave states, you can supposedly feel good about the fact, supposed fact, that that the item has was not made in one of the four states. Right. Right. And um, yes, if you're purchasing an item, sometime it'll have the clean hand symbol on mm-hmm, it, so mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Right. So it seemed. Very, even though it is alternative fiction, it seemed very timely given the, um, the uh, certain situations in our country right, right. now. The right Black now, Lives it Matter is exactly. And, and the um, shootings of the police officers and things. So um, I just really, really thought it was well done. And, and I also like that Ben Winters uh, sometimes retweets us and, and seems uh, very open to conversing about the book on Twitter. Yay, so, Ben. Thank so, you. So I think, I think this book is going to be highly popular. It's being made into uh, television series. I think. That he's writing the pilot for. Okay, right. Yes. So because he has done some of his earlier alt fiction was uh, Sense and Sensibilities and Sea Monsters <laughs> and um, Android Karenina. Right. Uh, which which I read because I love Anna Karenina. And um, so I was already uh, a fan of his work. And yes. I, and he's got a trilogy that I believe starts mm-hmm. with The Last Policeman. Yes. Is that you it? Know that? Yeah. Yes. I think uh-huh. that's it. Yeah. Which has uh, really in, in a number of circles have gotten... Uh, mm-hmm. A yep. lot of press people knew him from that as well. Right. So if you like mysteries or thrillers, I right. understand those are the that's the trilogy to go for. Right. So yes. So um, but we we both really enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, and you were saying also that I like that you always come up with um, 
with books. If you, if you like this, you'll like right. that. Um, right. So you had said uh, Joe Walton's Small Change series. Which starts with Farthing. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you look it up at Joe Walton, J-O, well, we'll put this on there, but Small Change. It's a great alternative uh, fiction mm-hmm. uh, series, especially, I think, for people liked, um, who would li- enjoyed The Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. We'll like that. And then I thought that it would probably appeal to people that like Station Eleven. Because, oh, I definitely think so. Yeah. Yes, which we talked about in last uh, year's yes, podcast. Oh, yes, and we both really oh, loved. Yeah. Love that book. Yes. I definitely, I, um, tonight at the airport, I'm sure I'll think about that book because right? we're going <laughs> yeah. to Bring snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, um, speaking of Man in, in the High Castle, did you ever watch that Amazon series? I have watched the first three, I believe, and I'm sort of just getting around to the other ones. So far, I, 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 I think it's well done but i don't think i'm being captivated as much as people say it's slow the the adaptation of it is slow going okay okay yeah and it's uh uh philip k dick right um right adaptation yes yeah yeah Uh yeah so it's on it's on our list but you also said that you think um fans of the tv show the walking dead will like underground airlines i think so um i don't you know there's there are no zombies but uh (laughs) There is something about the, that show and just the, again, alternative fiction and what ifs that I think will appeal to people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sort of that. It's But but the thing I liked about Unger, Underground Airlines, it was, um, there wasn't a heavy sense of foreboding. No. And, and because I find books that have a heavy sense of foreboding make me kind of tense. Right. Um, make me kind of depressed. And to me, that's not the book you want to read in the summer. Again, no. back to the secret history in in hawaii right syndrome, yeah which is not a, a medically recognized syndrome yet uh, I'm working but we're working on it yeah. that's right that's right um, so uh so let's switch over to nonfiction, which we do not have as many choices for no we don't because there's been so much good fiction uh this year but i really want to recommend a house full of daughters by juliet nicholson mm-hmm. um she's a well-regarded uh british historian who wrote a book that both you and i enjoyed called the perfect summer right which essentially takes place in the summer before um world war one started uh, over in england but this this book looks back at five generations of women in her family, beginning with her great-great-grandmother, Pepita, uh-huh. who was a flamingo dancer, um, and essentially looks... No, she was a flamenco dancer. Flamenco dancer. Yes, she, oh, da- she yeah. danced on one leg in a pink dress. She was a flamingo dancer. I always get that wrong. That is so funny. I, in fact, I think I got that wrong in a uh, some sort of trivia contest that blew it. Um but it's it was interesting to me because she looks at each each woman it goes down each generation but four of the five women that she looks at are on her father's side of the family huh. she only looks at her mother uh-huh. uh and and delves into that and possibly it's because on her father's side of the family she has vita sackville west mm-hmm. um you know her father was harold nicholson um and these are are very well respected figures in- and harold nicholson <laughs> i'll just nod along like okay. i know who that oh, is okay what? all right well, all right okay <laughs> well i'll just say that in britain and okay. and uh, For all our British ask listeners. your parents because okay. my parents were like and your parents are probably mm-hmm. also big Harold Nicholson fans. Okay, um, but I loved this because I like the way Nicholson writes. Um, she brought each one of the, um, the you know each one of her descend um, not descendants. Uh, 
Uh, antecedents. Uh, antecedents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, into full picture. Uh-huh. And uh, each one of them had interesting lives on their own, and in some cases, uh, sad lives. But she also, I think this will appeal to a lot of, of our readers, um, because all of us are daughters. Um, uh, most of us are mothers. And you begin to sort of see how the mother-daughter relationship comes down through the generations and mm. what each generation takes from the former generation and either decides to complete, okay, the old, I'm not going to do that. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do what my mother did. Mm-hmm. But then what you do is you step from one pile of mud into another. <laughs> um, and uh, she she doesn't, she doesn't put these women on a pedestal, um, but she also is able to step back and say, okay, uh, what she did was pretty terrible, but I think I can understand it and mm. let you see it. So I really, I really think that it's uh, a type of book that uh, mothers and daughters will enjoy reading. Mm, good, good, good. So I will admit that I did not get around to reading a nonfiction book because I was, as you said, so engrossed with these many new novels. But the one I am eager to dive into is American Heiress by Jeffrey Tubin. Yes. I heard an interview with Tubin on NPR yesterday, and that was Tuesday morning, and it just sounds like a fascinating, incredibly well-researched, and of the Patty Hearst kidnapping and her life on the lamb with the yes. uh, Syrian, what is it? The uh, Lebanese, yeah. uh, Syrian Arm- Lebanese army. army. That's SLA. what I thought it was. Yeah. 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 So, um, so Tubin is the well-known CNN legal commentator and a gifted writer who penned the most well-known account of the O.J. Simpson trial. So if you watch the 30 for 35, I believe it was five part five series. Five episodes. Excellent series. Yes, it Ugh. was on um, ESPN, but right. um, it's also broadcast a couple other places that I'm sure you can get it on. Yeah, and I think you can get it on uh, iTunes as oh, well. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, so he was interviewed in that a couple times. And I know that he also was a um, contributor or an advisor on the People versus O.J. Simpson, the American crime, right. which I thought was so fascinating, so well done. Um, so anyway, so it just, the American heiress just sounds like it's, you know, you're, I'm just going to be saying like, no way. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I read it. So, and because uh, you and I talked a little bit on email that, that, you know, the Patty Hearst kidnapping really stood out. That was huge. From our memory, in our memories from our childhood. Yeah. No, I was a junior in high school when that happened and I can remember everybody just being, you know, and it was, of course, before social media, so we were riveted to our televisions, mm-hmm. our newspapers, um, just fascinating. Yeah, I have to tell a funny story. So, you know, when she became um, embedded with the SLA, she changed her name from Patty to Tanya. Yes. And so um, Jack, my husband, has a younger brother named Chris. And I guess in their neighborhood, there were several Chris's. So Jack renamed him Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, he still calls oh, no. Chris Tanya. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So I will be diving into that. I think, though, after I, after I read Miss Jane, though, I think I'm going to... Uh, well. Modern Lovers, and then Miss Jane, and then yes. I will go into American Heiress. Okay. Yes, yes. And then I'm going to go with the Joe Walton um Oh, the series. Small Change Series. Small Change Series, yes. So, all right. So, well, let's go to our Can't Let It Go list, and I want to give a nod 
to NPR Politics Podcast where I got this idea from, which is they always say, what can't you let go this week? Oh, boy. So, um, And I, I love those guys yeah. and gals. So I, you know, the, the, we talk about this sometimes, E, that, that books just stay in our minds. And even when I can't remember the title of them or who <laughs> right. wrote it, right. scenes of it stay in my That's mind. Right. Like the book I was trying to decide to you right before we came on the air. And I'm like, they have a really pretty house with these really beautiful flowers in the yard. And, and a kid died. And a kid dies. And you're like, yeah, I can't help you. Uh, so, so we put our thinking caps on beforehand thank goodness yes yes so um so i'm thinking you go with your nonfiction suggestions oh gosh yeah. random family by adrian nicole leblanc and you and i if you recall about 10 years yes. ago book our book group read this and i should say that's how we really i mean we ran together some but we got to know each other through book group that's right. how we met oh yes yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 so. I remember you walking into my house, striding into my house. and <laughs> <laughs> But this book, we had a interesting, what, how we would handle our book group was one month we would read a fiction book. The next month we would read nonfiction mm-hmm. and go back and forth. And to tell you a little bit about Random Family, one of the women in our book group, as we were getting ready to discuss it, said, <laughs> I thought we were going to read a nonfiction book this, this month. Right. And she thought... It was so well written and so gripping that she thought it was fiction. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating. It's essentially about a loose group of people in New York City, uh, mostly Hispanic, young Bronx, women mm-hmm. in the Bronx, uh, young women and their children, um, boyfriends who essentially formed this sort of random family. Mm-hmm. And I could not put that book down. And then I couldn't get it out of my head. And it's one of these books where that I revisit. My husband mm. thinks this is very odd. But every once in a while, I'll go by the bookcase where it is, and I just pick it up and sort of page through it. You know, he gets very concerned. And <laughs> You're just visiting them. It's cheaper offers, than an airline ticket to New York City. That's right. <laughs> offers to, you know, put on some soothing music and stroke my head if need be. But um, this is this is a book that has stuck with me. Um, I should say that my daughter read it when she was in college, which was not not a good move because huh. she was reading it during school and uh, couldn't put it down. But it's yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it made an impact on me while I was reading it. Mm-hmm. I have not, I have not thought back on it too much since then. But um, my can't let it go is a novel, and it is Beginner's Greek by James Collins, and I found it to be a charming, charming novel that I feel was overlooked. And you know, it's not deep. It's I found it incredibly well written, but um, it I found it lighthearted and just very dear with just a hint of E.M. Forrester in it Um, in terms of I I haven't read a ton of E.M. Forrester but I am always intrigued by how one small seemingly random incident can turn everyone's life and I'm not talking about a car accident I'm talking about you know someone picking up the wrong umbrella and taking it home you know that sort of thing so um so in this case it's uh two people sitting next to each other on an airplane and um the the protagonist losing the woman's phone number. Um, so, and it's set in London and I just felt it was jolly good fun with a lovable protagonist. I just adored him and it, it just stole my heart when I read it. And um, I think of it wistfully ever since then. And it's funny you say that you pick up the book Random Family because right after I'd read it, or maybe when I was reading it, I visited um, a dear, dear friend of mine who I've known forever. I used to work with him. His name is Chris. And we worked together in San Francisco and he's now a dad of 
um, two daughters in their early 20s. He lives out in Massachusetts, so I don't see him very often. And he had, and he's a um, playwright and a um, writer. And so he was either reading it as well or it just finished it. So we really bonded over that. And he said, oh, I have, this is how long ago it was. He said, I have it on um, discs. <gasps> Like, instead of, you know, Audible, right. he had the actual discs of it. I, at the time, I guess he had kind of a longish commute. And so he said, oh, if you want, you can have them. Oh. And so I've never listened to it, but I keep them in my closet, in my clothing closet, which is kind of an odd place to keep book discs. And they're near my jewelry. And I so often look at them. It makes me think so fondly of Chris and so fondly of that novel. Oh, that is really so, cool. So, <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just, um, it, it was kind of in the vein of um, One Day, which I know you didn't like that book. Nope. But, um, and just kind of those fun, I mean, it has a Bridget Jones diary-esque quality to it. Right. Just fun, modern. Yeah. 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 So, um all right, well, let's pivot from reading back to our main topic, running, with these words from Dimity in the Train Like a Mother Club. Hello, it's me. Yep, it's Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club corner. I tried to get Adele to um, do a cameo, but she won't, so I won't sing any more of her songs. I have been a little MIA, mostly just because um, life gets in the way and I forget. And then it's Thursday night and I'm like, oh, I forgot to do the challenge corner. So the Train Like a Mother Club corner is officially back because guess what? School starts in my world on August 17th. And when school starts, everything else becomes a lot easier because all of a sudden I have regularity in my schedule and maybe even in, you know, my intestines as well. And um, and it just makes life a lot easier. Love my kids, love the summertime, love everything that comes with it. But yep, I do love a good child in school. I won't lie. Anyway, so um, so we are going to head over to the Train Like a Club corner. This is uh, Megan Merchant talking. She is in the half marathon. And this post is a little, you know, it's not like rah, 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 but I think it's insightful. So I wanted to share it. Um, She said, uh, last week's return to physical therapy put me in a funk. I'm doing the physical therapy work. I'm getting better, but I'm not yet out of my funk. My nutrition crept into the lazy territory for the first time in six weeks. And my backup cardio options are at the gym, disrupting my schedule. So I'm letting myself slack there too. I'm starting to recognize a bad habit of self-sabotage. Things are going well. I'm feeling good, so I convince myself it's easy and I don't have to try so hard, and so then I stop trying. This says the hip issue is real, but the food cardio situation is my own BS. Things stop working, but it's not on me because I wasn't really trying. If I tried, I could do it, right? FBS, Megan, grow up. <laughs> I will say I had to Google FBS. I will not... Um, it's it's probably what you sound what it's probably what you it is what you think it is stands for which um, has two curse words in it. Um, anyway, she said it's time to do last week's goal homework for real and get my act together. Sigh. And um, you know, again, like I said, it's not the most uplifting thing, but I think what's important is that even when you have your groove and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing you know so well and I've got this down. That doesn't mean you can stop trying. It doesn't mean you can stop laying out your clothes. It doesn't mean you can stop 
you know, planning your workouts out a week in advance. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, you can kind of let your bedtime slack or have another glass of wine. And that sounds more harsh than it needs to be. And certainly, you know, as you become, make running more of a lifestyle and you get a, a groove a little bit more polished, it becomes a little bit more natural, but that doesn't mean that you don't, you know, it doesn't ever go on autopilot. You know, I mean, gosh, I've been a runner for really, really long time. And every morning, you know, I still have to make a choice. Am I going to get out of bed? Every evening, I have to make a choice. Am I going to lay out my clothes? And it's when I stop being deliberate about that and stop thinking, oh my gosh, I have a long run tomorrow. Make sure that I have a noon bottle ready to go. Make sure that I have my, know where my sunglasses are and my polar heart rate monitor is charged and all the things that I need are done because, you know, as we all know, one little thing and it can be derailed and it can be just as easy as I know where my, I I know an exercise bike is at the gym, but the gym is 10 minutes away and I don't have the 20 minute commute time. Um, Anyway, so Megan, I hope your hip feels better. I hope you keep doing your PT and thank you for the reminder that um, you have to keep trying. Have a great week, and I will definitely see you next week because I am going to try to make every Train Like a Mother Club corner until the end of the year. See you soon. So we know we've talked up our retreat numerous times, but it's because it's going to be so dang awesome. We just don't want you to miss out on it. Just this week on our Facebook page, we unveiled the welcome gift all retreaters will receive. It's this really cute um, wrap bracelet that um, says many happy miles on it, which is a phrase you listeners of the podcast might be familiar with. Um, there's still time to register and be part of the AMR retreat run plus refresh happening in beautiful Spokane, Washington, September 22 to 25. The focus of the, of the retreat, in addition to fun and making friends, is the Happy Girls Spokane race on the Saturday of the retreat. Choose to run the 5K, 10K, or half marathon, or just hang with me near the finish line as I am the race MC. Imagine it, hearing this voice saying your name as you approach the finish line. Um, In the two days leading up to the Saturday race, numerous experts will share training and racing advice. There will be yoga sessions led by the renowned yogini Sage Roundtree, foam rolling clinics, talks by a sports dietitian, and plenty of time to relax, including exploring Spokane's charming downtown or lodging by the host hotel's lovely pool. And also I should note that um, some of the women on the private Facebook page that we have set up for the retreat have already decided they're going to have a reading, like a book club discussion at the retreat. And so they've chosen their book and we're talking about when to schedule it, uh, you know, probably Saturday afternoon after they're a little tired from their race. So um, so you can, again, interweave, interweave your uh, running and reading loves together. Um, and also, also, we're recording a podcast on the first night of the retreat. So you just do not want to miss this awesome opportunity. For all the details and to register, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. That's anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. We really hope you'll join us in Spokane in September. Many enjoyable hours of reading and many happy miles. 